What's up, everybody? This is the Growing Up Italian Podcast, and we have my good friend Ray Guarini from the Italian Enclaves page. How you doing, Ray? What's going on, Sabino? Thanks for having me again, bro. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm sorry it's under these circumstances. We actually had a podcast planned, like, I remember it was a Tuesday, and it was like the city got shut down Thursday, and I, like, messaged you, like, listen, I think we're going to have to postpone. <laughs> yeah, good <laughs> like, idea. Smart move. Yeah, you know, I, I've been ahead of the curve for this whole time. My dad's been looking at me crazy, like, why are you doing such crazy things? And I'm like, listen, I'd rather be safe than sorry, you know? It's my job to keep us safe. The whole idea, though, from, like, from Jump Street, when you started the whole Growing Up Italian podcast, the social media, that was ahead of the curve. And you guys are staying ahead of the curve, so you're doing well, something right. There are people that started before us. But I think we're one of the most unique doing it, like doing it the best, I want to say. You know, I want to pop into that studio, though. Just because we can't be together today doesn't mean I'm not stopping down on Graham Avenue. Yeah, whenever, whenever, it is, whenever you want. <laughs> now, a few drinks. Late, lately, I've been on some, like, I don't care. Like, I'm not going out, like, shaking people's hands still. And there's, like, an awkward situation where I do shake someone's hand, and then I just spray antibacterial right away you know i give you credit i haven't shaken one hand since before this thing this whole thing started at all it feels weird though man it just it's not normal it's not in our culture you know there's like people i respect you know that they come to the store like today was this guy's birthday and you know this is a guy i respect and he put out his hand i'm like i cannot shake this guy's hand he might get me he might get me whacked Oh God! Yeah, right. You know, as long as you're not doing the kiss on the cheek, I think you'll be all right. If you can just no, the kisses on the cheek is going to be gone for a while. I think, man. Yep, exactly, exactly. There used to be the argument: who do you give one kiss to or two kisses? Both cheeks, one cheek. Now you don't have to worry about that problem anymore. For a yeah, while. now I give them the the chicken wing. <laughs> exactly. But how's exactly. uh how's this affected you? Like on a business level, are you still working? Yeah, so I'm working from home. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I manage a uh, boutique investment bank broker dealer in uh, downtown Manhattan. So we're, we're locked out of the building, obviously, with the rest of New York. Can't work from the office. So, you know, in a way, it's, it was really hard in the beginning trying to adapt to being home all the time because I'm actually, I'm always in my office. I'm, I'm there like sometimes 11, 12 hours a day. So for me to make that adjustment was, was culture shock. Eventually, I got it down, though, and now I'm working more from home than I even was in the office, Saturdays and Sundays included. Yeah, I'm sure, like, looking up stuff and, like, trying to look for files that you don't have. Just organizing myself, I I find that, you know what, you're able to have better conversations with people now because people are a little bit more laid back that they're home too. So it's definitely an advantage on some levels. It's just about adaptability. If you could adapt to this and learn to still be productive, mm-hmm. you know what? I don't have to jump into the shower and take, take a shower early in the morning and throw a suit on and then get to the city. I spend that time, though, being productive. Mm-hmm. So just like you, I'm sure you found Well, ways yeah, to you, fill you all probably got like two hours of commuting a day now, right? Yeah, exactly. So you have two extra hours to get stuff done. And you can work smart and you can also work hard. And, then and when you can you work in your pajamas. You have the kids, what? you know? When you have your yeah, you juggle everything. 
you just make sure, you know what it's it's actually great you get to be right to you like you know you get to be around the kids more you get to spend a little more extra time with the family mm-hmm. um you know doing things that even even you know like old old projects that i put off like organizing some of these photos i've been taking for seven years like a maniac going all over the country these photos get lost in the shuffle and then you're like what did i do with that photo so now i'm taking the time to organize stuff you know the reason why i really wanted to talk to you you know two three months ago when we planned was because uh you were promoting a book and you uh you you wrote right would you say author right well, you know, it's, yeah, no, of course, absolutely. So I, I created a book through Arcadia Publishing. I actually have it right here. And thank you, by the way, for giving me a chance to shout it out and plug it. No, absolutely. Cool. I, you have your neighborhood on the, on the cover right here. You exactly. Exactly. That book's in our office. That book's in our office. So a little right. backstory about Cafe Capri. That was actually the first cafe in Brooklyn. They were like open four years before Fortunato. No kidding. Yep, and uh, Donnie Brasco happened there. I don't know. A lot of people don't know that, but if you oh, look- I know that. It's funny. I got a crazy uh, story about about that too. Uh, that took place right across the street. Yeah, and, the uh, San Giuseppe uh, Club. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, there's all these stories floating around, and uh, most of them are true. <laughs> yeah. so. so, like, what I love about your page is um, you like highlight small businesses you know and um in a world where we live today especially you know a great percentage of these small businesses are in danger of yep. closing not only italian businesses but everybody all all businesses you know barbershop so, you know it's, it's so true i gotta say when we first started this like you said one of the key factors for me was that the reason i started this was because we lost it was like losing a friend we lost a really really lovable uh, integrated business here in Bay Ridge and, you know, Bay Ridge, Benson or Steiker Heights. I mean, this has all been very, very influenced by Italian American culture. And so I, I, you know, I got kind of nostalgic. I said, let me go out there and see if this is happening elsewhere. What other places are closing? What, what's, what, what is out there? Yeah. So we took a full inventory of all the Italians, but the idea is to promote it. But it's sad because even before this started, you know, COVID, these places were closing rapidly. Now this they, just pushed them out even further. Sped it up like 50 years, I think. Yeah. Yeah, maybe 10, 20 years, maybe even more. Like you said, 50 yeah. years, who knows? Could be. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm probably being aggressive with the 50, but Could like be. people that were like 50-50 about closing are closing now. Like, Yeah, they're, they're not even protecting that. You know, it's crazy. I mean, you know, I love going into like those pork stores and stuff like that, you know? You can't find stuff like that anywhere in the country, you know, anymore. Except Very select New York, few except New York, maybe. New York, you've got New York, Chicago, some a couple, even or not, a couple of places left, you know, in the West Coast of California. But what you know what what um where is like do you think the best little Italy's in New York? Like oh, you, know, you have you have the standard you have the standard of um Arthur Ave and uh Little Italy in um, Manhattan. Your neck of the woods, man. I got to say, my, one of my favorite Italian neighborhoods in, in all of New York and all the country is Williamsburg. I've got to tell you, it's, it's, such, it's an old neighborhood. It's one of the oldest Italian neighborhoods in the country. That and Carroll Gardens, have, they go way back to the 1800s. And it's always stayed Italian, like, whereas a lot of these other Italian neighborhoods, they became whatever else and, and they, they assimilated. And over the years, they, they, they fell off. But Williamsburg has been 
very, very Italian for over 100 years, easy, 130 years, 140 years or something, you know, yeah. if you really I know our society started in 1888, so. Yeah, exactly. So I'd say Williamsburg, no doubt about it. I want to get one in each borough. How's that? We'll throw Manhattan. I want to say East Harlem. Even though everybody only knows Little Italy, Mulberry Street, mm-hmm. East Harlem still has a really, they really have the Julio Club there. They have the Julio Club. They've got Rayo's is still there. I just until recently they had um, uh, the barber shop. You know they had Claudio, but they still have, have a lot. At, of- have you ate at Rayo's? Of course, yeah. I haven't. I haven't really. It's on my list. I was it's debating good. going there for takeout. You know. Yes, they have the takeout. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I haven't been there in a long time, but uh, my experience there was good. I didn't have any problems with it. I love going up there for the, for the Julio. Was that? How many times did you eat there? A couple of times, just twice. Yeah. I think yeah. one was one was like five years ago. One was like literally 15, 16 years ago. It was a long time. Okay. But it was, a, it was a guy's birthday. We went there at a good time. And, uh, but ever since then, um, I've got to say, it's been like, it's more of like one of those things they, that, that has like the, the panache, the, you know, it, but, you know, it's not necessarily as authentic Italian food that you would think. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get right into that, but. Like, for anybody that's listening and they never heard of Rayo's, it's basically an Italian restaurant in Manhattan that you just can't get a reservation for. They, like, have set reservations. So there's, like, guys that have every other Monday or, you know, whatever the days are, you know. And then if you're not going, you have to get someone to go for you. I got a funny story for you. So my friend, we went there for his birthday, and we we all – we're pretty young guys. We worked on Wall Street with stockbrokers. And uh, when the newer guys, the younger guys would come to work, one of the jokes we play on the, the young kids, we call them, would be, hey, listen, you got to call this restaurant. And if you could sell, you're a good salesman, you could sell stocks. You could you could get us a reservation. This restaurant's hard to get a res- reservation at, but you've got to be able to get us a reservation there. So we'd have kids call up and they'd call and Frankie Noah would get on the phone mm-hmm. and they hi, could I have a reservation? No, click. <laughs> So these kids would get frustrated. It's like Wolf of Wall Street. Sell me this pen. Right, 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 right. <laughs> get me a reservation at Rayo's. Exactly, exactly. So it was funny, though. These kids are walking right into the wood chipper. No idea whatsoever how hard it is. They don't even know about the place. They have no clue what Rayo's is, what the story is. Back then, the internet wasn't so like, you know, you didn't have a cell phone where you could go online and just Google it and then figure it out. Mm-hmm. So these guys would get frustrated. They sit there for hours trying to pull back up. Can I please have a reservation? And uh, each and every time they get shot right down. Yeah. But, uh, you know, to talk a little bit about Italian-American food, you know, we just recently did a little, like, competition, like, what is the best Italian food? So, you know, people were flipping out about some of, like, the entries, like penne vodka and uh, chicken parm. So, like, to me, (laughs) like, my parents were both born in Italy, but I own a business, and, you know, I sell vodka sauce. Like, I can't keep up with it. And yeah. I sell chicken parms, you know. I sell, yeah. you know, all these dishes that people say aren't Italian. And, you know, to me, it's like, if you go to Rome, you go to Milan, you go to a restaurant, order chicken parm, there will be some places that have it, especially tourist places, because oh, absolutely. it is a thousand percent known as Italian food. Now, it may not be like... Italian food, if you go to these small villages, but like, come on, people in Italy know what chicken parm is. Like, 
Exactly. You know? Or spaghetti and meatballs, you know? It's crazy. You know, what's funny is like everything here. Well, we have like all different kinds of Italian food in New York, right? I mean, you've got like these five-star Michelin rated restaurants from that all the way down to the, what they, you know, what they term the, uh, the, the red, the red gravy and, and sauce places. Yeah. The olive oil too. Yeah. And then you've got the air, yeah, right? The knockoffs. Dominoes. <laughs> That's rough. I mean, I've got to say, so like, if you were asking me, right, what my favorite Italian food is, I'm going to have to take one from each category. So we'll, we'll do this. I, instead of Pizza Hut, yeah, I'll take Domino's over Pizza Hut, but I won't, eat, I won't eat either of them. But if you're giving me a choice, I'm going to have to choose Domino's. I haven't had Domino's in years. Like, I had it one time at my friend's house. We were, like, ordering, and I had, like, the cheese sticks. And it's, I mean, oh, it's, lava, it's not, it's the not lava good. Cake. The lava, the little chocolate lava cake desserts, those are good. Yeah, I never had that. <laughs> so, all right, so, so we're going to do that. So let's say we'll start at that. So you pick Domino's over Pizza Hut. So let me throw this in, right? So one of the things we do is, is we created a hashtag, support Italian-American businesses. So we plan on really blowing it up a little bit more. than, But so far, it's been working out nicely. The idea is when people could go to the hashtag, they see Italian business. But as far as what you're saying, right, um, when it comes to Italian food, right, there's so many restaurants at least over here in New York, where we live, that I'm sure there's so many places you hear of and that you see on Italian enclaves mm-hmm. that you're like, oh, I wish, you know, I want to go there. I haven't been there yet. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I mean, there's a lot of places I haven't been to and I make like my job to go to the, some of these places. Your neighborhood has Bamantes, mm-hmm. which I have to say Frost. top three. Top, Frost. Frost is, Frost is number one to me of like Italian-American food. And then we they got do Carmine's Carmine on Graham Avenue. Yes, you know. When his mom's in the kitchen firing it up, forget it. Look out. Yes. Carmine always hooks it up. So I, I like make it a, a point to support him, you know? I agree. He's a great guy. He actually was just on the Yes Network because of all the great stuff he's yeah. doing with charities. I had the luxury of doing so a couple of things. Let's get into that. Now, let's say you go into one of those places. What would be the number one Italian American dish you go for. Like let's say you just go to an Italian restaurant you've never been to. Sure. And you're sure. like, I don't know what to order. Like what what's is the safe thing? what's the safe bet? What's the safe <laughs> bet? Yeah. I'm gonna go with one of the parms. Maybe if they if they do a good veal parm, we're gonna hook that up. Yeah. Um you know I I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that this place has maybe uh shrimp fra diavolo with angel hair or something like that. Penny vodka, but, you know? Yeah, penny with vodka sauce or something. You know, but then, like, if you want to do some of these Michelin spots, like, you've got places in the city, like Scalini Fideli, that they're churning out, like, amazing dishes, you know? But, um, again, like, you're talking about completely different price ranges. Yeah, so now, now let's, let's, let's get into that category. So now you got, like, that – I don't know the right word for it, but, like, contemporary Italian, you know, like yeah. La Nonna. In Williamsburg, like, yep, you know, I'm talking about that, like, exactly, here, like, where you're gonna get chicken, almost like a hipster cola. restaurant. What was I, that? You know, I, forgive the expression, but almost like a hipster restaurant, but like with really, really good food. Yeah, well, you know, like it's almost like that. Uh, that way, that Italian culture I'm talking about, like that off the boat Italian, uh, it's almost like, hipster. Okay, Il Coliseo. In That's in Beirut. I heard of that place. On 18th Avenue. Very, very official. Um, old school. He's got, like, really, really good 
uh, Italian, Mediterranean, Sicilian dishes there. Uh, fish, a lot of fish-based stuff. Um, but like, you know, you're talking like, where can you go, right? To go get a decent dish like, um, like pasta con sarde or something like that. You know, very few places have things that ethnic on their yeah. menu in New York. And if you do find a place like that, you know, you've got to really keep it to yourself. Otherwise, you well, won't be able to get a reservation. This, was, this kind of segues into our next point. Um, for all our listeners that are tuned in and want to keep these places open and support them, like, it's very important that you order from them even during these times, you know? Yep. Make it, make it a thing at least one night a week to order from your favorite restaurant, you know? Yeah, even you know, you know. If they don't deliver, even if you can't eat there, like if they offer pickups, like go there and pick it up, you know? Exactly, that's the thing. There's, there's like some really great places out there, but the main thing is like, my thing is keeping the institutions alive. Like the places that have been around 50, 100 years, like the Bamantes, the Ferdinandos in downtown uh, Brooklyn, like the places that have been around, like Michael's in Marine Park, um, phenomenal food there. Uh, new corner uh, in in uh, Diker Heights Bay Ridge, um, like that. Like it, that's really a, our purpose is is to put those places at the top of the heap because you don't want anything like that to really fracture and close because that's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. As much as it is to see any Italian business or any business for that matter close. Even so, even Italian pastry shops, because who, who's like ordering pastries right now? So you know. Luckily, my dad, like, every time he comes over on Sundays, he makes a pit stop and picks up pastries, you know? But, like, they're hurting a lot. I remember back in pastries. Pastries are, like, you know, pastry shops, pasticcerias. Those are very, very, like, I'd say some of the most important businesses because they supply a lot of restaurants, too. And, and they, they, you know, families will come and, and some of them ship like Villabate. They've adapted really well and learned how to go online and make their business. And that's one of the best. That's one of the best places in the whole city. I, I agree with you. They bring in the regatta from, from Sicily, from, you know, yeah. overseas. They, they, they take their stuff very, very serious. You know, it's crazy. Like, um, we were uh, trying to cr- like create a list of Italian-American businesses mm-hmm. and what happens is like you feel bad because you don't want to favor any businesses. Some businesses just by the nature of their amazing reputations and, and great product will end up dominating other, other like in certain neighborhoods. They'll, they'll just, it's still like, you know, it's like the, um, uh, social Darwinism, like the Darwinian theory and business, the strong survive. That's kind of what happens. And just eventually everybody, osmosis, everybody will go. To well, that's that not, that's kind of what happens. Like, let's say if I, put a slice of pizza they'd be like oh you should have got it from there instead you know yeah yeah you can't well you know what's funny sabino we want you to join us tony manja ha- has a pretty cool podcast he's he's uh he's i've seen him Facebook. before i have him on i have him on facebook he's been grinding i i, I he works hard he yeah. busts his I, i'll tell you he drives all over you know the tri-state area and, and other places upstate York takes photos and everything but he's going to all these food spots and everything so we were we, we're trying to get a group together to go check out Italian, uh, uh, excuse me, pizza, uh, slices, and Italian ices, slices and ices. And we want to so, do that. Are you sort of like New York style or just all pizza, like squares? Everywhere. We just want to start hitting places up all together. And, you know, even if we have to socially distance and do it like in different cars, whatever. Yeah, and just good. go and check out pizza and, and Italian ices, like Spomoni Gars, all these places. But then also hit off 
the places that are on the side streets that nobody really knows about to give do them. You, a little do you like LMB Spumoni? I do. I do. What? I do. Sli- do you get the like the square slice when you go? I get this. I get the square. Yeah. And I'm not then, crazy you know, about that slice. Like, I'll tell you the truth. Either am I. Especially since they changed owners years ago. I just feel like something's different. I mean, I just feel like it's like a almost like a deep dish. You know, like. Yeah. I prefer brick oven or New York style, you know, like, you know, like for me, my, one of my favorite pizzerias is New Park. If you're talking about New York slice. I've never been there. Dying to go. So come, come hang out with me one night and we'll go. The you kid know? Tony had Paulie G on. He's got right by you. Paulie G's. Yeah. I, I've heard a lot about Paulie too, but I, I've never, never had any of his pizza. New Park. I'm, I'm definitely coming to that's, that's by you. Yeah. We'll go there. And let's see about uh, Pizza Wagon in Bay Ridge. They've got great slices, too. I never heard of that. Oh, they've got really good slices. They're right around the block from where uh, Pastels used to be. It was like a big nightclub back in the day. Yeah, yeah, I heard of Pastels. I think so Gio spoke after. about it before. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. And guys would go there, like, they'd stay open 3 in the morning. So people go out, jumping around into clubs in Bay Ridge. Get, do they get, like, a, another name afterwards? Like No. No, maybe you're thinking of Lenny's on 86th Street. They, you know, from no, Saturday no, no. Night. I'm talking about pastels, like um. Oh, like, it became Legacy, and then yes, they called, and then it got called another name. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> and then yeah. called another, oh, you know, since we're talking about like your neck of the woods, have you watched uh, the series on Amazon, um, Gravesend? No, I haven't seen it yet. No, you should probably look at. I mean, I'll take a no, peek. Actually, it, it's cool. Like some things are cool. I think it's a little uh, – I don't want to, like, spoil it for anybody. You know, get your own – make your own decision. Right. But, you know, it's good, and it's, like, a couple of things you're like, eh. But, like, as far as, like, me, I just like seeing, like, old cars and, like, the yep. outfits. So, for that, I like it. And also, you know, you kind of get idea for content for the page, you know? For sure. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. that The guy, William DeMayo, he works hard. Well, Talk about grinding. He, he did everything. He – uh Produced it, directed it, starred. Yep. I think he might have like cleaned the sets afterwards. Like, <laughs> I would have been surprised. He did everything for it, you know. He goes out and he hustles to raise the money for it too, which is really. I, I know, I know. I kind of, I kind of put that together. Yeah, it's it's uh, definitely it's noteworthy how how hard the guy works to try to get his his passion fulfilled. We understand that you and I, because we both what we're doing right now is really passion, right? Well, you can't you can't wait for anybody. You got to go and get it yourself. You know. That's right, Carpe Diem. You got to seize the day. You know, if if you wait there for people to do it for you, it's funny. Like I went out there, I started taking all these photographs. You know, along the way, you get. I mean, I'd say for every hundred people that give me props for it, that want to, you know, give me a pound and say or send me a message, you're doing a great job. This is awesome. There's always that one person who's a hater, you know, whatever it is. But yeah, I mean, you ain't, you ain't kidding. You can't let that discourage you because if you do, you'll never get anywhere. I mean, look at how far you got. You guys have come, and I know you already a while now. And based on our conversations, this is just the beginning. So yeah, yeah, I can't wait to see what you got. To be honest, so, um, as far as business level, Corona like really hurt growing up Italian. Like digitally, we might have got more followers and stuff, you know, stuff like that. But like we had two monster deals in place. Uh, for, for our digital series that we had, like, we had to tell the companies, uh, like, sorry, we can't do it. One company, I had to say, sorry, I can't fulfill the contract, like, because I had to film still a couple episodes. And I'm right. like, no, I'm not going to be able to film these episodes. Like, 
we had to cancel a trip to LA. So I knew I wasn't going to be able to film the content, you know? So I had to tell them no. And then I had another company reach out and say, we're going to pause for now. We don't want to spend any money. So like, you know, it, it kind of like, not that it hurt us, but it kind of slowed things down a little bit. But let me tell you, you know what though? Slowing down, right? Sometimes it helps you take a better perception of where you're going. And it just helps you carve out a, a better, stronger, smarter path. Like what happened with COVID, you know, we didn't want to let that take us off our game, so to say. But inevitably, it had to really set us back a certain amount. Anyway, it was going to happen. So what did we do? I have a friend who has a medical supply business. And so I said, you know what? If I have this guy, he's got PPE, you know, the personal protective equipment. He's got masks. He's got gloves. Mm -hmm. And I've got a nonprofit that has access to thousands of people. It'd be a sin if I don't take advantage of this and try to help people because I have the ability to do it. Mm -hmm. So we set up a fundraiser and, you know, we went and raised a nice amount of money and we bought thousands of gloves and, and KN95 masks. We donated it to uh, the local council office. They made sure it got in the hands of nurses, doctors, police uh, officers, and firefighters. And then, you know, I noticed also the Italian American Baseball Foundation, Carmine and Joe, you just mentioned, they started doing the same thing yeah. with food. And donating yeah. food to the hospitals. So, so, you know what? It may have taken us off our paths, but it gave us other things to do. At the, that at the end of the day, we're humans, and we got to take care of you know other people right. in the community. So, like what I did was, I made these shirts that uh, had my logo with a middle finger, and I said "F COVID," and the shirts cost me like ten bucks, ten bucks each. I sold them for twenty five. So, there you go. the hundred fifty shirts I sold. I used the profit on them and I fed restaurant. I mean, I fed um hospitals. So God bless, man. basically like it also helped me because business is a little slower. So that money oh. like is going back to me also, but I'm giving away some food to like some of the frontline. Oh, that's big. That's huge. And, and you know what you used, you use your reach and, and a smart idea you had. And the thing is, like you said before, you made it happen though. How many people sit there and they're like, oh, that was my idea. Well, why don't you do anything about it? You didn't get off your ass, you know, and do anything about it, but you did. Yeah. So that's what separates, you know, the, uh, the wheat from the chaff, right? Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about your book, New York City, uh, New York City's Italian Neighborhoods, right? Is that what, that's the that's full it. title? New York City's Italian Neighborhoods. It's available on Amazon, all that stuff, right? It's on Amazon, Target, Barnes & Noble. You could go to Arcadia directly and buy it. When we when we get off this uh, call, send me the link. I'll make sure to put it in the description. And as one thing I respect about what you did is that all the pro all the proceeds are going to the yes. Enclaves Foundation and St. Anthony, right? So no, let me so let me say this. So we uh, I created this thing back last uh, April. The Italian Enclaves Historical Society. We made it a, a full fledged nonprofit, and uh, the proceeds are going to go for. Uh, so instead of me getting paid anything. Everything that will would come to me is going directly to the Italian Enclaves Historical Society, which is building a website that has a catalog of every Italian neighborhood that's ever existed in America, as well as every Italian national parish, every church. Mm -hmm. And then the, the other part of the proceeds are going to the St. Rocco Society of Potenza, which yeah, is 100, really 131 years. Yeah, 131 years old. It's just like your society, yeah. um, you know, where it has that major, major history to it. And um, this year. It's a big thing because St. Rocco is the saint of, of plagues and diseases. And, and unfortunately, with this COVID, 
Uh, we weren't able to uh, have a San Rocco is uh, the patron saint of my mom's hometown. Was so it, uh, San Sabino? Sassano. Oh, okay, okay. What town did you say? I thought, I thought you meant San Sabino. Uh, San no, Sabino. no, no. Well, that's where my dad's from. My mom's town. And Rocco, that's part of growing up Italian. The other, me, Mikel, and Rocco. His, right. He's, you know, his family, because his mom and dad come from there, you know, named him after his grandparent, I believe, like his nonno, who was, I'm sure, named after Sandorok, you know? Sure, exactly. That's the other thing, too. Like, so anyone you see with the name Rocco, pretty much, it's a very good assumption that that's because they Rocco is one of the culture. biggest saints in Italy. It's like Huge. St. Anthony, San Rocco, Padre Pio. You know, Padre Pio is our saint. You know, uh, you know my family is from uh, uh, right outside of, of where uh, uh, St. Pio lived in the friary. So for us, uh, you know, that's, that's a big saint. And so St. Anthony. And then the, the Sicilian saints you guys have sent, the Rosalia is a big one. Yeah, Especially that's a big one. Over in Bensonhurst, they have the yeah. feast every. Yeah, they close a couple so, of blocks for us. So. Yeah, for sure. So, they used they used to be thirty blocks long. I don't know. I think it's like ten, fifteen now. But I wanted to just show the people, maybe maybe a little preview of your book, like if you want to, like just show. Yeah, sure. Just... Yeah, absolutely. So here we go. We're we're doing this the low tech way, and then just to give you a quick flip. And it's got all these awesome photographs in it. Uh, of just different neighborhoods in, in Brooklyn, in Staten Island, Queens, the Bronx, Manhattan. What I like and about it, your book is it's a lot of pictures because I don't like to read too much. That's so, the beauty of it. <laughs> beauty I'll, of I'll, it. When I see something I like, I'll stop and read it, you know? And it was easier to write it, believe me, when I tell you. Like, the captions weren't easy to do, either with the introductions and everything else, because you want to make sure you can incorporate everything without me. I could just keep talking. So it's easy. This kept me in a nice, very... Uh, you know, well-articulated box where I didn't have to worry about that. So it, it, the book came out great. I mean, I want to do a second one, God willing, because we couldn't fit. For example, Howard Beach, your neighborhood's not in there. So we couldn't fit all the neighborhoods into one book. So we had to neglect some of them. Hopefully we can make up for it with another book. Yo, don't let, don't let my people over here hear you. You know, you're getting in trouble for that one. <laughs> I know, but we do have Queens representing with Corona. Uh, over Corona Queens with the Lemon Ice King over there, some great photographs over there, as Park well side. as uh, Parks. Oh yeah, Parkside's a great restaurant. Speaking of restaurants, Another right? Place, right? Yeah. Oh man, now you're making me. And in Astoria, we've got some good representation over there. Astoria's so, a nice time neighborhood too. A lot of people exactly. don't know the Bronx Tale. A lot of a lot of Bronx Tale was filmed in Astoria. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of the parts in the in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. But right, it was it was great catching up with you. To be in a likewise. When you're done, when you get a chance, send me the link so I make sure that. Uh, I just hope I could come down there soon. We could go grab a cup of coffee and a yeah, bite soon, soon we will. This is getting crazy already. Yeah, but, I'm getting uh, cabin fever it. now because I just work and then come home and play video games. It's been my. <laughs> that's what I've been doing for three months. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Man, I feel like I'm 15 again. You're staying safe. That's all. That's all that's nice. It, yeah. All right, bro. Be all safe. Right, bro. Good Take to care, see you. Right? Thanks for having me on. Anytime. I appreciate